Welcome to Voices of History, Lest They Be Forgotten. I am your host, Larry Capetto, and it's good to have you with us this evening or this morning or this afternoon, wherever you are and across the world. Um, this is our fourth episode already, and uh, I'm just excited, like I said, to bring these stories to you. These are firsthand accounts of what happened in, uh, in war. A lot of these men and women were in combat, especially the men, more than the women. And I have over a thousand stories, if you can believe it, over all these years. I have 12 films in my documentary series, Lest They Be Forgotten. And you can find a catalog of information on my website, LarryCapetto.com. Click on the Honor Store link. Both of those links are in the video description. I keep saying video. I do videos all the time. In the podcast description for this audio podcast, those links are in there as well as my email address. Would love to hear from you. Today, oh, one of my dear veterans that lives here uh, where I do in Colorado, he's, he's deceased now, uh, like a lot of my veterans are. My work's become very bittersweet. Um, I don't make light of that. It's a very, oh, it's a difficult time to lose all these veterans. Who would have thought 15 years ago that I would have lost hundreds of veterans 15 years later? So I spent a lot of time now looking up their obituaries online and finding where they're buried. And, and it's just a very meaningful uh, moment for me when I do find that. And I have a, another webpage called Lest They Be Forgotten, the name of the documentary series, which uh, has the, my veterans that have passed away. Well, Wallace Cackler was a World War II United States Navy veteran, and I met him oh, probably 11 years ago I interviewed Wallace. And uh, he was involved with the invasion of Iwo Jima, just like Lloyd Lewis was in episode two, and Okinawa. He describes the landing on Iwo Jima as walking into the jaws of hell itself. Oh, his, the war changed Wallace forever. And like I said, I actually lost him in 2007. And uh, I have very fond memories of going into his home here in Colorado. And he missed his wife dearly. And I visit his, his graveside here at the local veteran cemetery. At times I'll, I'll stop by and pay my respects to Wallace. So I'm happy and encouraged to share his amazing story with you. It's, you know, they're gone from the earth, but their stories live on forever. And I'm so grateful for these podcasts now where people can listen to them. So this is episode four, Wallace Cackler, a United States Navy World War II veteran. And I'll be back after we hear from Wallace. Well, we were off the island the night before. And at daybreak, we stand out on a port quarter deck watching the bombing of the island itself. The Navy was doing all the bombing. At daybreak got light enough, we, we could see the, the bombs as they released them, the dive bombers released them, you know. And it's, it's a miracle anything stood on that island, but then they were pretty well dug in. We had orders to lay off the beach on, on uh, Sarabachi, uh, lay off about a thousand yards, and until uh, we were called. We had no idea what was ahead of us, no idea what was there in Ebo. That was right in the jaws of hell those boys went. God, I don't even like to think about it sometimes. We grew up that morning. It was the day that we grew up. We took fire for the first time. You grew up quick, you grew up in a heck of a hurry when that happens. When suddenly, hey, these guys are shooting at us. Well, what we saw was like you said, a landing craft with 36 Marines on the darn darn thing. They couldn't get in and land on the beach. They couldn't get them off. You go into that beach and drop, drop the ramp, and where's the guy going to go? It's like this, you know. 
we uh, were down in the midst of everything going on. It was just everything going on around us. It's a, just a state of organized confusion, you might say. They run in there and hit that beach, and the beach was not secured by any means, and they still drawn fire from Sarabachi. And uh, they run right into the teeth of hell, that's all. Laid flat on their bellies is the only, the only way to escape the fire. They couldn't proceed any further. They were, they were pinned down, and a hell of a lot of them got killed that morning. We had a lot of, a lot of casualties on Iwo. To get them out of the caves or on the base of Sarabachi, they would, uh, oh, flamethrowers, mm -hmm. and run them out of the cave. All the bells and whistles and horns and what have you in that invasion fleet turned on at once. And I saw it up here. They were raising the flag up there, and they put it up. They got it up there, and boy, it was a great day. It was a great sight, because we had we'd been there for a number of days and seen our guys are pinned down on the beach. You know, it was terrible the fire they took from that mountain. We never could. I could never could understand. A lot of us never could understand for many years afterwards, of why we lost so many men and casualties to take that godforsaken strip of of island, and we didn't know until later that they, they did make use of the landing strips on there. But at the time, we didn't know that. We didn't think it was big enough for anything like that. Well, we had all the CMOs that were given out after Iwo Jima. The, about 90% of them were for that very thing. Congressional Medal of Honor for sacrificing your life for the guys around you. There were 14 of us boys left Estacada, Oregon in 1943. Two of us came back, only two. I knocked on the door, the carpenter's door, and his dad answered the door. He says, hi, Dad. I says, where's Spot? He didn't say anything. He just motioned to me follow him. And I followed him, and he walked over to the desk, laying there face up with that telegram, Ed's Black. We regret to inform you. Your son was killed in action. All the things that we take for granted, in this country of ours today. We just, there's so many of them that we'll never see the 1940s again. Not like it was. You know, nobody burned their flag in 1940, 41, 42, 43, 45. The mothers used to hang the stars in the windows. The Gold Star mothers is when their boy was not coming back. Their boy was killed. And that's what she grieved about, worried, worried, worried about. This, that telegram that came. I mean, the blue star was a boy in the military, in the service. The silver star is he's gone overseas. He is in the service, but he's left the States. He's in foreign country. But the gold star, her boy wasn't coming back. We had a job to do, and we were doing it. By God, we went out there and did it. When it was over with, we came home. We marched into San Francisco Bay uh, after uh, to be discharged, coming home from uh, from Japan. Tugboat, ferry boat, uh, party boats in the bay were out there to greet us when we come under the bridge. It wasn't like it wasn't like uh, Vietnam. They was out there to greet us. And Larry, they were all playing one song. A lot of them had bands on them. They were all playing one song. You know what it was? It was not necessarily in, in unison with each other, but it was the same song. 
there will be a hot time in the old town tonight. So we come into Frisco. That's where I was discharged at Frisco. But that's the way they greeted us. And on the hills in back of Oakland, on the hills behind Oakland, California, uh, in great big white letters, welcome boys home. Thanks for a job well done. Freedom is everything. I cannot imagine myself being in a country that does not, that does not have the freedom that I have here. The freedom to, to love, marry, have a family, Freedom is to go out and find a job. On a young person today, it's pretty hard to, to I think, pretty hard to, uh, to impress upon them what they have. The terrible price we had to pay for freedom. That's what it means to me. I can't hardly say, tell you anything else. Son of my daughter-in-law took me out to dinner. We went to uh, Rib City. And there was a young man, as he was leaving, stopped. This hat was laying on the back of the table. He stopped. He says, were you actually out there? I said, yes, sir, I sure was, 1943. He said, well, I thank you, sir. I thank you very much for the service you did. We had a saying in my day that my country, right or wrong, and at the time, that's the way we felt about it. We were not worried about right or wrong out there. We had a job to do. We were threatened. We were hurt. We were hurt terribly at Pearl Harbor. And we had a job to do, and we were doing it. By God, we went out there and did it. When it was over with, we came home. I feel, I'm, I'm afraid, Larry, that we are losing our feelings for our country. This generation is. We certainly will not. It was an honor, as far as I'm concerned, to be able to go out there and do my service to my country because I loved my country at that time. And uh, uh, no, you didn't badmouth your country. You weren't very popular if you did. But as a whole thing, it's hard for me to, to describe to you, Larry, what I feel. Sometimes I, I get to remembering and I a little misty-eyed. It's so long ago. I hope you could feel his words as he spoke about Iwo Jima. The bloodiest battle the Marines ever fought. And Wallace was with the Navy. He was there. And the things he saw and experienced, life-changing to say the least, as he said. You know, walking into the jaws of hell. It's incredible. The, the eight and a half square mile pork chop shaped island had so many casualties between the Japanese and the Americans. And there was a reason we needed that small island 650 miles south of Japan. We needed the landing strips. Our B-29 bombers were being shot out of the air by the Japanese Zero fighter planes. And we needed a landing strip and a place for the crippled B-29s to land. And even though we had almost 20,000 casualties and the Japanese suffered 22,000 deaths, we would have lost more Americans if we would not have secured that island in 1945. I've been on the sands of Iwo Jima. I went there with the Marines in 2006. And what an experience and trip that was. Oh my goodness. That it really comprises my fourth film, The Battle. Return to the Return to Iwo Jima. Return to Iwo Jima. 
So many fond memories. It was a life-changing event being there with all these old warriors. If you're enjoying these podcasts, let me know. My email address is in the description of the video. Uh, I keep saying video. I will quit that after episode 50 probably. But in the in the podcast description, my email address is there. My website, like I said, and the, a video of Wallace talking is in there too. In my honor store where you can find a catalog of the work that I've done. I'm so proud of my work. Lest they be forgotten. If we don't remember, we're going to forget. So thanks for listening and watching wherever you are. I'd love to hear from you, like I said. And God bless you. Hope to hear from you. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.